All in preparation for the challenges that lie ahead. This is a show that feeds the mind with inspiration and truth on the issues of the day. If it's important to your life, you'll find it here. Hosted by Malcolm Out Loud. We're going to talk technology in this next segment and going to talk about how to get these phones out of your kids' hands, if that's even possible. Or maybe ways to connect with your smartphone-obsessed kid, is what Jonathan McKee says. And let me introduce you to Jonathan. I just met him just a couple of moments ago, just as you're going to meet him now. Uh, He has over 20 years of youth ministry experience and speaks to parents and leaders worldwide providing resources and all kinds of cool things. I love the website he's got here, uh, thesourceforparents.com. So all kinds of cool things on there. He's on YouTube as well. Jonathan, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, I just love what you're doing, man. I just think it's awesome. And and you, you know what's really cool about what you're doing is you take everyday subject matter and, and you're not afraid to go there, I've noticed. You've got you've got, you know, sex matters, the guy's guide to God, girls and the phone in your pocket, the again, the smartphone obsessed kids. Let's start with the phone and the technology, okay? Sure. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, you know, I, I think we're seeing a shift. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, we're seeing a societal shift in the way we interact with each other, the way we interact with our families, our friends, our associates. And to me, I, you know, I get impatient when people are always looking at their phones and they're obsessed with it. I hate that, Jonathan. To me, you cannot replace the human touch, which is the eye-to-eye contact, and to really have a real conversation with somebody. You talk about that, and you you address it in a very profound way because you talk about the kids versus their parents. One of your new books, The 52 Ways to Connect with Your Smartphone-Obsessed Kid, I'll tell you, I've got two, Jonathan. They are 12 and 14. And they are so obsessed with their phones. If you can get a word in edgewise, the only way you're going to do that is by removing the phone. What do you think? I tell you, you know, you're not alone. Parents at the uh, end of my parent workshops, they'll come back and they'll talk to me. And no matter what question they have, the word smartphone or social media, you know, they, uh, is always in the question. It's what do I do with my daughter who can't stop talking to this guy she met across the country? Or, you know, my son won't stop talking, you know, through the headset while he's gaming. And, you know, and it's constantly has to do with the new, you know, basically, you know, what's going on in technology. But this isn't just young people. I mean, this is adults as well. Adults are spending as much time. And the more we're studying this stuff, it's literally changing the way people communicate. It's changing the way they talk. And uh, young people are, you know, uh, you know, don't recognize nonverbal cues as well. There's kind of a lack of empathy because they, they honestly, they're so used to screen time that they don't know what to do with facial expressions. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny when you look at this. And, and so a lot of parents, they're kind of saying, wait, what have we done here? This is, this is kind of a new thing. I mean, after all, I mean, in 2012, the U.S. finally crossed a 50% mark on smartphone ownership. Before then, a lot of us had those other phones in our pocket where we could call and we could text. But, you know, now we've got our entire entertainment media library with us with you know social media we can you know stream netflix we can do whatever we want it's the swiss army knife of technology it's right there and i think a lot of us are kind of saying what have we done what have we got here you know and it, and it's starting to run our lives is this a good thing 
Well, you know, it's a, it's a good question to ask, isn't it? Is this a good thing? I think it depends upon what you consider a good thing being. You know, I, I, I see this whole technology thing moving forward. Take a minute for me, just, just for kicks and giggles here. And I bet you've maybe never been asked this question possibly. I don't know. So let me, let me throw this at you here. <laughs> Take a moment and think ahead, my friend. Think ahead. I don't know. I, I, I want to say 20 years, but I, I'll even go 50 years. Think ahead 50 years from now. Think about what's happened in the last 20, all right? And think ahead 50 years from now. And we talk about the interaction we're having with our technology. So if you were to walk out of the room and walk into the future, Jonathan, and it was 50 years from now, what do you think you'd see? Well, it's funny because when you look back and like if you watch a, you know, early 60s, twilight zone or something and they always talk about the future which was of course you know 2000 or 2010 there's always some guy in a silver spacesuit and some floating you know land speeder cruiser that's like a car with no wheels you know and we yet to have those but uh maybe maxwell smart was right in get well get smart when he had a shoe phone that's probably about the closest uh they've got to predicting what's what's you know in technology it will be interesting phones get smaller then they get bigger um, I, you know, we definitely are, are, are figuring this thing out. This is all new stuff for us. Car companies are just slowly figuring this out. If you buy a 2016 car, it probably has new, you know, gadgets for your thumbs on the steering wheel on how to turn on the phone, how to, you know, use your voice to text because the car companies are sick of people dying as they're holding their phones in their right. hands. So literally this is all new stuff for us. Um, there's books out. Uh, uh, New York Times bestseller Sherry Turkle, um, you know, wrote books and articles about this, and she's got studies where it says the near presence of a phone on a table between two people changes not just you know what they talk about, but the degree of connection that people feel. So a lot of studies are going on out there saying that you know as we're embracing technology more, as we're spending all these hours, which Common Sense Media's most recent study is that young, you know, teenagers spend about nine hours a day on average. If you add up TV, internet, phone, all that stuff, um, tweens, uh, eight through twelve year olds, average six hours a day. Um, adults, the studies are all over the place, but we're we're not off the hook here. Most adults watch more TV than teenagers for sure. Smartphone, depending on the report, about the same. Uh, most reports actually show adults spending more entertainment media time per day than young people well they so, are I mean, they are jonathan yeah, we've been yeah, seeing we've been seeing the stats in radio and many of the studies and the executives now have been feeding them to uh, to us in the radio industry and we yeah. are seeing that it is staggering what's happening so what's happening now is they're going to get all of these broadcasts like you just said a moment ago as entertainment and they're getting them in podcasts well what this has done is this has totally transcended the the growth of uh podcast the on-demand aspect of getting your information getting your news getting your entertainment yeah. it's huge and it's outpacing everything in the media world right now which is why well it's why america out loud is on podcast because yeah I mean, well you got yeah you got it you got to stay current you got to switch and it's funny because when the smartphone first came out texting went down and parents were like oh kids are texting less right. no they're actually you know Technically, yes, they were texting less, but what they, they weren't communicating less. Now they have the ability to 
Instagram each other, you know, Facebook message each other. Of course, now they don't Facebook message because their parents are stalking them on Facebook. So they've fled to Snapchat and Insta and all these other things. So it's funny. They're still communicating with each other, but they're using a different means, kind of like they're still using to listening to radio, but they're using satellite or podcasts or what, you know, so uh, they're still listening to music. But, you know, uh, even iTunes sales went down because Spotify and all this other stuff. So it's so it's amazing. You're seeing people embracing tons of entertainment media and technology. The hours have gone up, but they're constantly going to new sources for this. I mean, streaming is one example. Netflix. Uh, think about it. In in you know, at the turn of the century, had anybody heard the word Netflix? No, but within the first five years or so, it was, oh, that's that cool new service where you can get your DVDs emailed to you. Well, now most people I know don't even do the DVD thing. They just stream Netflix. I didn't know they still did that. I thought it was all streaming. I didn't even realize they sent you DVDs. (laughs) You you can still do that if you want. You can still do Blu-ray, but it's funny. You walk through a college dorm. And, and you see a young person sitting on their bed staring at their computer, it'd be nice to think they were doing their homework, but it's usually Netflix or Hulu. I mean, we are embracing entertainment Well, Jonathan, media. stay right there. I have to pause yeah. just a quick moment for a station yeah. break here, but the 52 ways to connect with your smartphone-obsessed kid, I love what this says, and I'm going to ask Jonathan some of the specific ways that we can connect with our kids again. And then I want to talk about, I'm going to tell you a story about how you might connect with a friend or an associate again. Maybe you're meeting at Starbucks some tips on that so we'll be right back with Jonathan McKee in just a moment We are speaking about not only technology, but communications and how to connect with people, how to connect with your kids as a parent, how to connect with your friends, your associates. Friends, we're in a fast-paced, technology-driven world. Welcome back to America Out Loud. It's Malcolm Out Loud here. And again, we have a new app. If you don't have the app, you got to go to the App Store and get it. It's very cool. We've been working on it for several months, and we just launched it uh, somewhere this past few weeks. And uh, we want one million downloads. We're well on our way to doing that, so grab the app and tell folks about it. What's cool about an app is I'm talking to Jonathan McKee here, and we talk about technology, and we talk about putting this stuff on your phone, Jonathan. Well, we're trying to encourage that with the app, and the cool thing about an app is it puts all of this broadcast and all of this programming. You know, they say in our business, content is king. And we have a lot of content on America Out Loud, and so we're able to stream that, and we're also able to put it in podcast right on folks' app, uh, in their app. So Jonathan McKee, again, I want you to meet him as a youth minister. I love what this man is doing and how he has taken everyday conversation, and he's making it, I think, something special. He's doing it with his books. He's doing it with his speaking. He's doing it with other cool things. His website, The Source for the number four, parents.com. You'll find a whole lot there, and you'll see more about his books and the things that Jonathan is doing. Jonathan, let's jump into these uh, 52 uh, ways to connect with your smartphone-obsessed kid. Okay, so I got a 12- and 14-year-old, okay? Yeah. Now, there are times when, like, like we're going to have dinner and sit down, and you could you have to call not once, twice, three, four, five, six, eight times. If they're into watching anything in media stream, whether it's YouTube or some other media channel— they're just plugging you right out. You literally have to go over to them and pull the phone or tablet away from them or they don't eat that night, huh? 
Exactly. You know, and and you're not alone. I mean, parents are so frustrated because, you know, young people are constantly staring at these devices. But like you said earlier, too, you walk into a restaurant, you look and parents are staring at their devices and their and their toddlers sitting there misbehaving, trying to get, you know, attention, even if it's, you know, right. even if it's bad attention. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know. It's but true. so, I mean, we, we love our devices. And, and, and I'll be the first to say, I don't think our devices are bad. I, I love the fact that we could download your app. I mean, let's be honest. Are, are, are you know these are great tools they're they're handy what i'm suggesting is that we be smarter than our smartphone you know I, i'm not saying you know parents ask me all the time hey is this thing bad is this phone bad it's like well is a car bad a car is the number one killer of teenagers no it's, it's not that a car is bad it's that we need to teach teenagers how to drive responsibly and, and not text when they drive not drink when they drive not be uh, you know distracted with the radio and with their friends and we need to be responsible and that's Good the point. crazy thing about this phone is you know just like we don't hand our kids the keys the first time and say go figure the car out you know we shouldn't do the same with the phone so what this book is talking about is when it comes to communicating with our kids this isn't a bad device this is a good device um, it, it can be used for good but um, but there's things we need to you know think about and, and a lot of us have tasted the good life we've had these good moments where we connect with our kids uh, a lot of parents will share with me like for example you know the device is you know the battery's worn out it's in the charger and all of a sudden her kids go into bed and a mom will be putting her daughter to bed and she'll look up from under the covers at her mom and say mom when you were my age did anybody ever talk about you and say something untrue about you and just for a few moments maybe maybe 5 minutes maybe 10 minutes all of a sudden mom and daughter have this amazing conversation and, and the mom walks out of the room and says that that was it that was the moment. I need more of those moments where sure. we talk like that. And, and that's what this book is about. How do we not only you know seek out these moments, but how can we create some of these moments, these what I call arenas of communication? And uh, some of it's with boundaries. Uh, some of it's like, for example, one of the ones that we, we talk about is no tech at the table. It's a simple one, and a lot of families use it. It's making that family dinner sacred. It's saying that, hey, when we go to family dinner, not just the kids, mom, dad, no tech at the table, you know, and we're, that's a time where we're going to sit there and we're going to talk. And I, I don't mislead parents. I don't promise them that there's going to be geysers of meaningful conversation flowing at the dinner. Sometimes you'll go, you know, six, seven dinners with nothing. And you're like, why, you know, why even try? And all of a sudden that eighth dinner, all of a sudden there will be a conversation, an amazing hey, conversation. Jonathan, yeah. I have to confess something to you. Um, yeah. So we've had this rule, what you just said, no tech at the table, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, so we've had this rule, as I think probably a lot of families probably do that, although not, not all of them. So here's the thing, and then a couple of times I had to break the rule. <laughs> you know why? I know it's, you it's laugh. It's work. <laughs> you know why? Exactly. Exactly. You know why? Because, you know, there was breaking news coming on. It was like critical news. And I'm in the news business. It's what I talk about. It's what I do. So I had to know. So I had to get the iPad out and put it at the table and play it. And everyone's looking at me. And the wife just looks so. And <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's and it's there, there's. Those need to be exceptions, you know, you because go. the fact is all of us, I mean, there's been times where I, you know, uh, I have a, a part-time web guy. We're a small, struggling nonprofit, so we don't have a lot of hours that our web guy works. And so when my web guy who works, you know, just a few hours a week, sometimes he says, hey, I need to call you at this time. He's at East Coast. I'm West Coast. And he goes, I'll call you sometime during this hour if I have a problem. And I'm like, fine. And I, you know what? On that one time that happens, I tell my kids, I say, hey, just so you know, 
they all know Troy. They call him Uncle Troy. They go, Uncle Troy might be calling, and you know, pardon me if I get a call from Uncle Troy. Anybody else, we're ignoring it, and and they know. And, and the cool thing is, my kids' friends will come over, and my kids will even be like, "Hey, no tech at the table," you know. Yeah. And it's funny because my kids' friends have made comments to them like. I like going to your house because we actually talk and dinner time's a mm-hmm. fun time and we're we're you know and, and we the, you know the McKee house here we love food so when we're stuffing our face we're happy and happy <laughs> McKees or chatty McKees so yeah I mean it's one of those things and and we as families we need to be looking out for these arenas where communication happens and whether that's when father and son are out hunting you know because you can't have a device out it'll scare away the ducks you know or whether it's sometimes you're driving home from school from, you know, dropped off the other kids and your kid's the only one left in the car. And all of a sudden there's that conversation that happens and it's natural. And you go, wow, this, this is that moment. You got to maximize those moments. You got to look for those moments. What I do, you know, I don't know about you, but one of the things I do is if I'm talking to somebody, okay. And they like, um, are staring at their phone or they're doing something and they think it's something important, whether it's getting a text or texting somebody or, you know, email, whatever. Right. I, I find myself wanting folks undivided attention. So what I do is I don't talk while they're doing that. I, I, I don't. And this is just my habit. I've been doing this right along. And then people get uncomfortable with that and they're looking, oh, go ahead. I can hear you still. I said, shut, shut up. You can hear me still. <laughs> I mean, shut up. I mean, what does that mean? I want your undivided attention. So I say, no, no, finish what you're doing. And I sit there and I wait. I won't communicate. And that's something I've always done, by the way. I find it very, very rude. Another thing I find rude is when you're at dinner or or someplace out with somebody, you know, and they put their phone on the table just so they can see every flashing thing that comes on the screen. Boy, that really ticks me off. You know that? (laughs) Well, you know what? The thing is, you know, there's new rules of etiquette literally emerging in the millennial generation, which is pretty much college and 20-somethings. They actually have these unspoken rules that some people have actually, you know, put labels to, like the rule of three. And the rule of three is that if you're in a crowd of three or more and two people start kind of monopolizing the conversation, it is socially acceptable for that third person or that fourth person or whatever to go ahead and look at their phone. And so this is becoming commonplace. So that's one extreme. The other extreme, though, is that there are certain Surveys going on. Common Sense Media did a recent survey where they asked parents and young people, you know, do you think that this tech, you know, is that that especially when it comes to smartphones, is smartphones becoming an obsession or an addiction? And uh, like two thirds of parents, literally almost exactly 66% of parents said, oh, my kids absolutely are obsessed. They're addicted. Well, you would have thought that the kids were like, no way, you know, but 52% of kids said, yeah, no, 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 it's too much. It's too so much, it's funny yeah. that there's awareness out there and, and parents can use this. We, we can talk about this. We can dialogue about this. We don't need to say, put your phone away. As a matter of fact, in my book, some of the ones that I embraced, that, that uh, some of the best ways connecting with kids was using technology. My, my son, who's now 23 out of the house, when he was in the house, he loved video games. And most parents can relate to walking in and saying, Hey, that's too many hours in a video game. Shut that thing off. And instead of saying shut that off, and by the way, I'm not saying no rules. I'm just saying if all we ever do is say shut that thing off, try something. Walk in one time, sit down on the couch next to your kid and say, hey, cool sword or hey, cool hood. Where'd you get that? And all of a sudden, can I try? 
grab that Xbox controller and play with them instead of saying shut that thing off. You know, Jonathan, I've done that. I I swear to you, I've done that. Uh, My 12-year-old son, Logan, so he likes to play Xbox and he plays like uh, hockey and he plays the racing games and stuff, you know? I don't like the shooting games. I'm not really fond of these killing people games. They make me very nervous. They always have. I don't like those games. And I don't like the kids playing those games, quite frankly. But, But a lot of the times what I'll do is like you say, it's always shut this off, shut this off, get away, get away. You can't keep doing that. So yeah, I've gone yeah. into his room many times, and uh, I've sat down and played with him, and we'll play a hockey game or something like that. And he's just thrilled with it. He thinks, oh, man, that's cool. Dad's in here playing, you know? So, And, and lots of times, that's when you have meaningful conversation. I know with my son, absolutely, he, he would start talking to me. He would start asking me questions. Why? Because I took time yeah. to enter his world. And it's funny, you can do that on on different levels. You experienced it with with uh, you know going in and, and seeing him play video games. Uh, if you got a daughter, I'll tell you what. If you haven't seen her Saturday morning, walk up into her room. She'll be sitting on her bed and she's going to be streaming Netflix and she'll be on season three of Parks and Rec because yeah. she started season two the night before and she's been binging for 20 hours straight. You yeah, know? I know. And, and the temptation is to say, hey, Hey, you know, Brianna, you got cobwebs in your yeah, hair. Yeah. You know, well, let, let, listen, well let, let me remind folks now, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Jonathan McKee. And uh, again, uh, let me give you the website again, thesourceforparents.com, number four, thesourceforparents.com. Great site, a lot of cool stuff there. He's got some video stuff. The books are fantastic, and there's a whole lot there to see. Jonathan, last couple minutes we have left, tell me, I find your approach unique, refreshing, very interesting. Tell me, as a youth minister, how did you get into this whole thing? You know, I started in youth ministry 25 years ago and started working with unchurched kids on campus um, and just kind of hanging out with them. And, and this was back in the age of pagers, okay? This was pre-cell phone even, you know, when it started. And then, of course, it turned to cell phones and then texting and phones also, now smartphones. But, you know, spent uh, years working with kids, and we actually started uh, a website, thesourceforyouthministry.com, which is the sister site to thesourceforparents.com. And uh, because a lot of the methods we were using connecting with kids, we wanted to share the, you know, share the wealth. And so we uh, put all these resources for free on the web and we started getting emails from around the world saying, this is great, send us more. So we actually started the Source for Youth Ministry, which is a nonprofit. Um, Now, I think it's 14 and a half years ago. And our goal is finding anybody who's in the world of young people, anybody who's working with teenagers, coaches, teachers, youth workers, parents, Anybody who's in the lives of young, of young people, we want to make their job easier. So we provide them with resources, training, uh, articles. We have youth culture window articles, keeping them up with what's going on in youth culture. And so uh, youth workers, they use the source for parent, excuse me, the source for youth ministry.com and parents, the source for parents.com. And, and again, uh, trying to help people keep up with young people, connect with them. And uh, because I tell you, the power of mentors in young people's lives um, is amazing. It is, and that's something you're doing really, really well uh, that I see here, Jonathan, on your site. You really are a source for knowledge, uh, for education, and to help parents and help people communicate with each other. And you do it real well. You bring it down to the uh, to the base ta- uh, tactics. I like the way you put them out there. TheSourceForParents.com. And so, friends, I want to leave you with this thought. So the next time somebody says to you, are you smarter than a smartphone? 
Your answer back to that question will be, well, yes, I am. I know when to shut it off and when not to be rude.